On Friday, during closing arguments in the defamation trial that Donald Trump is facing, a second one, by the way, from E. Jean Carroll, Alina Haba once again got in trouble by Judge Lewis Kaplan because Alina Haba, for the life of her, can't seem to follow basic courtroom and basic legal rules. Alina Haba, during her closing argument, attempted to introduce slides to the jury. So she brings out her thing, has these slides, and immediately, for very obvious reasons, because these slides had not previously been shared, E. Jean Carroll's lawyers objected. The judge said, you're not showing the slide. And Alina Haba said, but your honor, and the judge immediately cut her off and said, sit down. You are on the verge of spending some time in the lockup. Alina Haba's courtroom behavior and her failure to follow rules, not just his courtroom rules, by the way, these are basic legal procedures that people who go to law school learn about and she's getting it wrong. She is not doing it properly. And now it's gotten to the point where the judge was so pissed off that he threatened to put her in jail for not following the rules. And of course this hurts your client, Donald Trump, who by the way, had already stormed out of the courtroom after he gave a very impassioned and fiery and completely false statement to the court. But Alina Haba ruined Donald Trump's chances of walking away from this without having to pay tens of millions, maybe more in damages. Her incompetence is now beyond incompetence. And I would almost call it negligence at this point. That is the only way to describe this. Haba, as somebody who went to law school, somebody who has passed the bar, I'm assuming she has to know the, the proper rules, the proper procedures in court. You cannot introduce new evidence during your closing arguments. If you have not introduced that evidence into the court previously so that the other side can know what is coming up. You know, a lot of people may not understand this because, you know, we get warped views on how courtroom procedures work thanks to TV and movies. One side in a trial is not allowed to spring this surprise evidence at the last minute and win the case. That's, that's not legal. The other side has to be aware of every single piece of evidence that is going to be introduced in the trial. If new evidence emerges during the trial, it has to be, a motion has to be filed. The information has to be shared. And yes, that includes introducing slides that you want to show the jury. Anything that you want to show the jury has to be seen and submitted to the other side. In this case, E. Jean Carroll's lawyers before you bring it up in court. That is common knowledge for anyone that has ever worked in the legal industry. And Alina Haba keeps breaking these rules. Now over the weekend, I talked about the fact that uh, legal ethics experts believe that Trump could sue her for legal malpractice, probably wouldn't win. But if the evidence that she failed to introduce properly could have changed the outcome of the trial, then Donald Trump 100% has a winnable legal malpractice lawsuit on his hands. If he chooses to sue Alina Haba, 
she has done so much damage to him that it's almost like she's secretly working for the left. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I would love to find out later on that she was some kind of double agent, uh, tanking Trump from the inside. Cause that's the only thing that makes sense. Like if I were to learn that today, it'd be like, oh, okay, well now I understand, but that's not what it is. She's just that bad at her job and Trump is going to keep her on. I don't know why she is going to cost him possibly his entire fortune, but he still will not hold her accountable or fire her for being so dangerously bad at her job. There is panic taking place in the Republican party through the halls of Congress out there in these conservative think tanks and political action committees. And they're terrified over the prospect of having Donald Trump at the top of the ticket. Even Republican politicians that have said they will vote for Donald Trump. If he is the nominee are scared about the damage Donald Trump is going to do being on the ballot in 2024. And they're scared because they've seen this show before. They saw it in 2018 when that first blue wave swept over Congress in those midterm elections. And even though Trump's name was not on the ballot, he was the Republican president at the time. He was out there doing rallies and endorsing people, propping up his own candidates and Republicans got spanked. Fast forward two years beyond that 2020. Similar thing. Trump lost the white house. Republicans in down ballot races also got shellacked 2022. Sure. Republicans took back the house, but instead of having the 70 seat majority, they predicted they had a 10 seat majority. They also lost multiple governorships. They lost previously easily winnable Republican races because Donald Trump had put his handpicked candidates thereby kind of putting his name on the ballot. You see where I'm going with this? Trump is electoral poison. And now at least a few Republicans are out there willing to admit it. Last week, New Hampshire's Republican governor, Chris Sununu, who says that he will vote for Trump if he's the nominee, even if he has a felony conviction, told CNN's Caitlin Collins that Trump's going to kill us down the ballot. And again, he'll still vote for him, even if he has a felony conviction, but yeah, we're going to get creamed for doing it. Then you have Bill Riggs, a spokesman for Americans for Prosperity Action, a Coke funded network who said, if Trump ultimately is the nominee, the threat of a repeat of the last three elections and a Democrat sweep increases dramatically, making the Senate and the House that much more important. Then you have one Republican member of Congress who spoke on the condition of anonymity, who said this about Trump being at the top of the ticket. It's every man for himself. It is going to be chaos and mayhem and a free for all. You have to look after you. You're going to have to make the campaign about what you've done or what you're going to do locally. Mayhem, chaos, a free for all. Because these Republican candidates know that it's not a smart decision to hitch your wagon to Donald Trump. You've got to kind of ignore all that he's saying and just go to your constituents and be like, Hey, I did some things for you. Even though you didn't, we all know you didn't and say, well, I'm going to do these things. If you put me back in, well, what about that Trump guy? What, what, what Trump guy? I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't know anybody named Trump. They're going to be running away from him. And the funniest thing is, 
in a video on Ring of Fire last week, this is exactly what I predicted. Several days before this report came out, I did a segment over at Ring of Fire talking about how Republicans are going to run away from him by the time the general election comes around because Trump is poison. Everybody knows it. History tells us this. The down ballot races will be chaos and mayhem for the Republican party because you have so many people who despise Trump, but it's not just these ordinary Republicans out there that have to worry about it. What they really have to worry about is Trump endorsing a primary opponent to them. Maybe they aren't MAGA enough and Trump could come in, pick somebody ridiculous. Then that ridiculous person would lose the race. That's the real fear. Not just that Trump hurts them down ballot, but that Trump is going to try to pack ballots across the state with the worst candidates we've ever seen. We saw it already. Herschel Walker, Doug Mastriano, Carrie Lake. None of them made it to office in places where they, a normal Republican probably would have won, but Trump did that. And he's going to do it again this year. And Republicans are wetting themselves because they're so afraid of it. Late last week, Lauren Boebert had her first primary debate in her new Colorado district, the fourth district. She moved from the third to the fourth because she knew she stood no chance of winning in the third. Lauren Boebert was up on stage with nine people total, including herself. And it was described by Axios as a clown car crash. That's how bad this debate was, not just for Lauren Boebert, by the way, but for everybody on that stage. But Lauren Boebert, of course, did receive the brunt of all the horrible stuff. First and foremost, her opponents attacked her for her behavior, you know, Beetlejuice and all that. Then... When she attempted to call out one of her opponents, uh, state representative, Mike Lynch for having a DUI arrest on his record, Lynch responded by saying, can you give the definition of carpet bagger to me? Now carpet bagger, that is a phrase that was used actually several times during that debate last week. Uh, it is the term used to describe somebody who moves to a new area for the sole purpose of running in an election and winning. They're not from there. They don't know the area. They don't represent it, uh, necessarily, but they do that. We saw it of course, after the civil war, which is where the term originates. Now, Bobert has faced accusations of being a carpet bagger because, Hey, I can't win here. So let me just move here so I can take the seat. But this comment from Lynch is more than just calling her out for being a carpet bagger. This is calling her out for being stupid. Let me read it again in case she didn't catch that. Can you give the definition of carpetbagger to me? Now he brought that up because other people had been saying carpetbagger and he wanted to make sure, you know, in a sneaky snarky kind of way that Lauren Boebert even knew what the word meant. And for the record, no, she did not define it. She responded and said that she was trying to give her kids a fresh start. And this move is the right move for me and for them. Okay. Fresh start. Sure. I get it. You went through a very nasty divorce. Your, your ex-husband, uh, is a real piece of work, a horrible human being based on the reports we've seen. But just because you're looking for a new life doesn't mean 
that you have to run for office. In fact, honestly, it should mean the opposite. If all the reports that have come out recently about your ex-husband are true, including his recent arrest like two weeks ago, then you need to focus on those kids. Okay. You can't spend half the year in Washington, DC and act like, oh, I'm giving a fresh start to my kids. No, you're not. You're actually ignoring them so that you can go be famous because we know you're not doing anything legislatively. You're just making a name for yourself. If you really wanted a fresh start, you wouldn't be running for that seat at all. You would have moved districts. You would have moved states to protect those kids, but that's not what you did. And I like that they called her out for her stupidity because I do think that is a big deal. We need people in Congress that are smart, but Bobert wasn't the only one that had a bit of a weird evening. At one point, the moderator asked the nine people on stage, raise your hand if you've ever been arrested. And at that point, six out of the nine people on stage had to raise their hands. Six of them, two thirds of the people running for this seat have criminal records. Bobert only admitted to one arrest, but according to reports, there were two other arrests that she did not bring up. So, you know, you were a little dishonest there. You needed at least three hands to be raised, maybe more. I don't even know, but six of them have criminal records. This is what we're dealing with, with the Republican party. And it got even worse from there. Um, <laughs> you had anti-abortion state representative, Richard Holtorf, who's running, who has admitted in a recent speech that he helped pay for a girlfriend to get an abortion, saying that it helped her live her best life. So you don't want other people to be able to get abortions, but you paid for one for your ex-girlfriend because, you know, it helped her life. Another person running for one of the seats, Ted Harvey, a former state lawmaker, has come under scrutiny for running a scam pack that spent more on operating costs and salaries than as a pro-Trump campaign. Then you have Mike Lynch, the one who called her out for being a carpetbagger and not knowing what it means. Uh, he had to resign his post as the House Republican leader earlier this week after facing pressure from his party for trying to hide his DUI arrest and gun charges. So there you have it. It's just a handful of the people running for this open seat. And suddenly, <laughs> I don't know, is Lauren Boebert not the worst person running now? <laughs> I mean, these are all pretty horrible people. So it's pretty safe to assume that whoever gets that seat, probably at least maybe not worse than Boebert, but definitely not better. Donald Trump loves to call people losers, a stone cold loser. It's one of his favorite insults to lobby against people he doesn't like. You don't have to put a ton of thought into it either. You know, you can just look at somebody, this guy's a loser. He's a loser. He lost. Loser, loser, loser. Trump loves to throw it around. He can dish it out all day long, but according to a source close to Donald Trump, he sure as hell can't take it. Because what's happened recently is that President Biden has decided to take Donald Trump's favorite insult, calling people losers, and use it against him. In recent speeches, President Biden has repeatedly referred to Donald Trump as a loser. And he's using it, by the way, in the most literal terms. You're a loser, Biden said. You lost the popular vote in 2016. You're a loser. You lost the 2020 election. Loser, loser, loser. And here is what this source close to Donald Trump told CNN. 
I do think he's trying to get under his skin. And I think it's the smartest thing the Biden campaign has done yet. It rattles him and takes him off message. In other words, Biden's hurting Donald Trump's feelings and it's making him making it hard for him to figure out what's going on. Takes him off message. Oh, I'm so mad. He called me a loser. I can't, I can't think straight. Now I don't remember who was in charge of the Capitol on January 6th. And I think it's Nikki Haley. But the important thing to take away is that it gets under his skin because Donald Trump has spent his entire life, not building a real estate empire, building an image, building a facade, building a projection that he shows to the public of what a manly man is, what a successful man is, what a businessman is, certainly what somebody who is not a loser should look like. But when you get down to it, Donald Trump is a loser and he knows it. It wouldn't bother him if he didn't deep down know it. Lost the popular vote in 2016, lost the overall election in 2020. You want to go back further than that? He lost his casinos. He lost properties. He lost Trump stakes. He's lost lawsuits, defamation lawsuits. He's losing uh, in his court battles. Trump bottled water. He lost, lost, lost bankruptcy, 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 and bankruptcy, even though Trump defends it and says, oh, it's just a business maneuver. No, it's not. It's admitting that you're a loser, that you couldn't make it work. Now, I'm not saying the average person out there who files for bankruptcy is a loser, but for Donald Trump, it is because he started a thing, a business, a new uh, venture, you know, Trump stakes, Trump water, Trump university, all that crap. And you lost just like you lost in 2016, just like you lost in 2020, because you are in fact a loser. But CNN also pointed something else out. Biden isn't only doing this because he knows it's a good attack on Trump and it gets under his skin. They also reported Biden enjoys mocking an opponent he finds so offensive. So yes, it's a true statement. Yes. It gets under Donald Trump's skin, takes him off message, according to people close to him. But even if it weren't for all that, Biden still does it because it's fun because Donald Trump is such a piece of crap. And I hope he keeps it up. I would love to see if we even have presidential debates this year, because God knows Trump will try to get out of them. I want to see Biden call him a loser to his face. And I want to see Trump's face when Biden says it. I think that would be political gold. And I hope we get the opportunity to see that later this year. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced. Balanced.